just declare your holiness in this place this morning. Oh, that God, that you are great, that you are worthy. We declare you as king, not just of all the world, but we declare you king of our hearts, king of our lives. We declare you sovereign, God, and we exalt you. We magnify you. We praise you this morning. God, thank you for your holiness. God, you truly are worthy this morning, God, of all our praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give God a hand clap of praise, if you will, please. He is worthy. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles this morning, if you would begin with me in Ephesians chapter 6. While you're turning there, let me just remind you, we worship the Lord not just in our singing and in our instruments and our lifting of our hands, but we worship Him in our giving. And so if you have not already, I encourage you to worship the Lord this morning in giving through Secure Give or if you are here in the building, uh, using the giving boxes in the foyer. God, right now, I just declare your power and your presence in this place. That God, I just pray that right now, that God, that you will, oh Lord, have the liberty in our minds and in our hearts this morning to God to speak to us. God, to encourage us, to challenge us where we need to be challenged, God, to correct us where we need to be corrected. And that, God, that as you form us and make us into more and more like you each and every day, that, God, that we will never stop striving, striving for you and your presence, your glory, and those, these kinds of face-to-face -face encounters, God. And so, Lord, I pray that in these next few moments, that, God, that you will touch the word of God, that, Lord, that you will just move upon us, God, right now, Lord. We need you. We need your voice, God. We need to hear it loud and clear. So, God, we are open. We are ready. We are listening. And so, God, let the Holy Spirit be quickened to move within us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 6, I actually want to begin by just reading one verse. Verse 18. And it says this, Pray in the Spirit at all times. And on some occasions... Is that what it says? It says, on every occasion, stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. God, we thank you and we praise you. Anoint your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Read a story about a little Johnny who was in his bedroom one night. It was getting close to Christmas, and he was in his bedroom and he was saying his bedtime prayers and all of a sudden, he began just to scream at the top of his lungs, Oh, Jesus, please give me the desires of my heart. 
and let me have the brand new red bicycle that's down at the toy store in the window. I really, really, really want that for Christmas. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. As he's screaming that out, Mom hears and comes running into the bedroom. And when he says amen, she begins to scold and chastise him and, and say, Johnny, why are you screaming? You don't have to scream for God to hear you when you're praying. And he says, oh, I know that God can hear me, but Grandma can't hear very well, and she's the one that has the money to buy the new bicycle. <laughs> Sometimes we kind of have maybe that approach to prayer. Sometimes maybe we think we've got to, we, we didn't get an answer because we didn't pray loud enough because God didn't hear us, or maybe we think we didn't pray long enough, you know, we were... Uh, like on some, in some holding pattern, holding room, and we finish before God got to us. Or, or, or maybe we think that we pray, but yet uh, there's really like little elves here, you know, that kind of uh, have to be manipulated in order to bring about the answers to our prayers. This morning, I want to kind of uh, jump into and, and really kind of begin to look at this idea of prayer. We've been looking and talking about consistency and talking about what it is that God is calling us to, certainly in, in this season and, and, and in this season of our lives. This is uh, beginning uh, this time period in August, and, uh, and we begin in every January with a time of prayer and fasting. And as the school year begins and fall is on the horizon, in fact, if you haven't been to uh, Cracker Barrel or Hobby Lobby yet, I will go ahead and tell you, Christmas trees and Christmas decorations are in full force already, and it's the first week of August. Um, so ready or not, you know, this change of seasons is upon us uh, in, in the fall, not Christmas yet, but uh, the, the uh, fall is, is, is here on around the corner. And when we think about this, this becomes a great opportunity for us to refocus and for us to really begin to assess where are we at in those things, in those areas of consistency, in those areas of, of saying, God, we need you and we need your voice. And, and what I, in this passage in our text this morning in Ephesians chapter 6, God is talking to us about uh, spiritual warfare and he's talking to us about the armor of God. And, and after going through all the different pieces of the armor of God, we come to the verse that I read this morning and he says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. And what that means is that he is calling us to pray in every type of situation, no matter what it is, no matter uh, what may be going on and, and what may, whether things are going great, whether things are going not so good, whether things are full of anxiety, whether things are worrisome. It doesn't matter what the situation or the circumstance. God says for us to pray in the spirit at all times and in every occasion. And in fact, in talking about this, he says, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. And uh, some translations translate this as that we are to stay alert and pray every kind of prayer. Meaning that there are this, uh, there's this, uh, 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 this command, if you would, that there are different types of approaches, different types of prayers that we come. And, and think about it even in our own life, and our own practices. How we pray when we're spending quiet time with God is going to be a little bit different than maybe how we pray over our food to ask God's blessing and to give him 
thanks for it. We, we have different kinds of prayers. And, and, and I want to kind of look this morning at a particular pattern, a particular kind of prayer that is rooted in and based in uh, the Old Testament. And the title of this morning is The Prayer of Moses. And when we think about the, the Moses, and we, I think, understand who he is. And, and Moses was uh, this man that was used by God. He had an encounter with God at a burning bush and and, and God used him to lead uh, not just a few people, but historians estimate about 4 million uh, Israelites out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery. And in this process, uh, God uses Moses to ultimately wanting to take them to the promised land. But if you know anything about the story of Moses, you know that uh, due to... Uh, various disobedience and various moments of being misguided. They end up wandering. He, what should take just a few weeks to walk ends up taking 40 years for the nation of Israel because they're going in circles. They're wandering in the wilderness. And in that time frame, we have to ask ourselves, how did God encounter Moses and the people of Israel? Maybe we have to ask ourselves, how has God encountered me? How have I approached prayer? How did Moses and the people of Israel approach prayer? And, and we're going to look at that this morning. For many of us, our, our roots, our stories about prayer and what we've learned about prayer are rooted maybe in how we grew up. And if we grew up in the church, maybe your experience was similar to mine. I remember as a, as a, as a young person in church and uh, praying, and one of the common things that we would do is uh, we would uh, get in a circle and we would hold hands. And the teacher would say, I'm going to begin the prayer and we're going to go around the circle and everybody, I want everybody to pray until we get all the way to the end um, and then we'll close in prayer. Anybody ever done those kinds of prayers before? Okay. Well, as a teenager, you know, one of those things is, number one, I got to talk in front of people. Number two, I got to pray in front of people. Number three, what in the world am I going to say? And, and especially if I'm at the end of the line or toward the end of the line, I'm sitting there and I'm going, I'm not thinking about or praying along with the people in front of me. I'm sitting there processing the whole time. What am I going to pray in front of my friends? And there I'm sitting and while I'm listening, wouldn't you know it that, you know, uh, Ken, he prays the exact same thing I was going to pray. Okay, well, I can't pray the same thing, you know, because that's dumb, you know, so... So i got to think of something else. And while I'm sitting there, and then Michael, he prays, and he prays the, the second plan B option that I came up with. And, and before you know it, I'm thinking, well, there's nothing left but to pray for Antarctica. So maybe there's someone there that needs to get saved, and so that's what I'll pray. And so we think about those kinds of moments and those kinds of pressures and, and those kinds of uh, thinking. And, and, and maybe you are in those circles, too, where uh, when it came to you and, uh, you know, you squeeze the person's hand next to you to let them know that you're done. And, and the temptation always was to not pray and just go ahead and squeeze and just bypass and so that I wouldn't have to pray. But our approach to prayer shouldn't be such full of such dread and anxiety and I'll even use the word pressure. Because prayer at the end of the day becomes a conversation that we have with God. And, and Moses gives us, through the Old Testament tabernacle, this pattern, if you would. Look at, at the book of Exodus, Exodus uh, chapter 25. And I want to look at verses 8 and 9. And this is what God instructs Moses in, in talking about. And this leads us to this pattern of how they encountered God in prayer. And in verse 8 and 9 of Exodus 25, it says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. 
according to all that I show you. That is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. Whether we're coming to church or whether we are praying at home, our desire, our heartbeat is that we want to be able to say, God, I want you to dwell with me. I want to encounter you. I want to encounter your presence. I want to encounter your face. And here we see this pattern that God establishes. Why? So that God can live among us and live with us. That we can live with God and his presence. And so the Mo Moses was not in the, in the tabernacle that God gave him instructions for was not permanent. Remember, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And so it was uh, collapsible. It was something that uh, could be moved around. It was something that uh, God was able to meet with them. And, and in fact, I have a picture of the, uh, the tabernacle that was in Moses' day. And you can see this outer kind of tent, uh, this outer uh, uh, protect a wall, if you would, uh, that would be portable. And when you go inside, there was the there's different elements. And you would have to make your way all the way uh, to that smaller tent that's up in that upper part. That would be where that inner place, the uh, what we would call the holy place and ultimately the holy of holies. And, and when we think about this, this is the pattern that God gives Moses. And we're going to use this this morning as a pattern to guide us in what the components or what uh, some aspects of prayer that we need to be able to follow. And, it, and, it, and I promise it's not going to be as complicated as it sounds. I'm trying to encourage you. And so the Lord speaks to Moses in this tabernacle, meets with him face to face. In fact, as, uh, as the, uh, Exodus chapter 33 says this in verse 11, he says, And so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And when we think about that, if we were going to have a prayer, if I was going to have a prayer for every single one of us, it would be just this. Let the Lord speak to you and meet with you face to face as a friend. And the heartbeat of this morning is that when we talk about prayer, it is not talking about us having to scream loud so Grandma can hear us in the other room. It's not about being able to use all the King James language and to speak eloquently because we think that's going to impress God. But it's all about us being able to come to this point and come to this place of being able to say, God, I want you to speak to me face to face, and I want you to speak to me as a friend, and I want to speak to you as a friend. And what we see in this pattern of what leads Moses to be able to have this kind of encounter is that you would have to enter into the tabernacle and you would have to go through that outer wall. You would have to enter into what is called the outer court. And that outer court uh, was all about where you would come and you would give God thanks. Give God thanks. Thanks. Think about this for just a moment. Before you uh, start thinking about what you need of, start, before you start thinking about anything else in entering the tabernacle, before you start thinking about uh, what your need and what your uh, intercessors are, what your uh, circumstances are, you are to come and enter into the outer courts with praise. You need to be able to come into God with a heart of gratitude in your prayer. We need to thank him. Uh, there is something powerful about having an attitude of thanks and being able to say uh, that, God, I am thankful for who you are. Because all of a sudden, 
This is what happens when we give God thanks. It magnifies Him. It acknowledges His role in good things within our life. And it refocuses us off of all of the bad and the negative and onto those things that are good. Because ultimately, gratitude or giving God thanks, it turns what we already have into just declaring to God that's enough. Giving God thanks, it turns what we've already been blessed with from God into declaring it is enough. And that even if God doesn't give us anything else, even if God doesn't move in any other kind of way in our life, we can begin a heart of prayer. We can begin with a moment of saying, God, I'm going to give you thanks. Psalm 100 and verse 4 declares what? Declares Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. How do we enter into prayer? We would enter into prayer the same way that Moses and the people of Israel would enter into the tabernacle. They would enter into the gates with praise, with thanksgiving, with saying, God, thank you for that manna that you have supplied fresh and new each and every morning, each and every day. It doesn't matter whether we think that there's something to be thankful for. Just the fact that we are here in an air-conditioned building, living in America, being able to come to church this morning, being able to watch from home and, and enjoy the technology of being able to encounter God in this manner. Oh, we have a lot to be thankful for. And we need to have more Philippians 4-8 moments where we are able to sit back and say, God, I'm going to think about those things which are good and pure and lovely and admirable and praiseworthy and thanksgiving worthy. And that, God, I want to be able to come. And I'm not going to focus on all the things that I wish were different. But I'm going to begin my heart of prayer. I'm going to begin talking to you face to face by just giving you thanks for all that you have done and who you are. You see, and so we come and we declare to God, God, even if you don't do anything else, God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. When you would enter into, go back to that big picture, please, for me. And when you see there at the, the first thing that you come to is that big square box that's up on a platform and what that is is the brazen altar or the bronze altar. Siri thinks I'm preaching to her. Maybe Siri will get saved. And hey, you know, all of a sudden. The brazen altar is the first thing that you come to. And the brazen altar is, and, and, and we could preach a whole sermon just on each one of these items, but that's not the point of this morning. And so uh, if you've never studied, I encourage you to do that. But uh, the brazen altar was a place where sacrifices were made. And so there would be blood that would be uh, being shed there. The, 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 the bodies or the carcasses, the offerings that were being given to God was taking place. That was the first thing that you came to. And you would so, and, and, and literally in its truest form, blood and dead animals is the first thing that you see after, after entering into the gates. Blood. Death. And what we become reminded at this brazen altar is that blood had to be spilled, blood had to be shed in order for there to be forgiveness and for us to even be able to approach God to begin with. You see, if we want to go to God, then maybe we've got to be reminded 
this morning that something or someone had to die and blood had to be shed in order for us to have that opportunity. And we don't ever need to come to the point where we take this for granted. We don't ever need to come to the place where we have forgotten oh, how and why we are able to approach the throne of God in prayer. It is simply because of why, oh, thankfully, we don't live in the Old Testament. Thankfully, God sent his one and only son who was that Passover lamb, who was that lamb that was slain. And because of the blood of Jesus Christ and because of the cross, we can be able to enter into the, the throne room of God, that we can approach God. And, and so when we come to God in prayer, we not only need to give thanks, but we need to focus on the cross. We need to focus on him. We need to focus on Jesus and we need to be able to say God oh who am I oh but Lord someone whom you have loved and redeemed and forgiven oh but God you are savior it is you and by your blood that there is power it is by you and by your forgiveness and by your grace that I am able to come and even approach you this at this moment you see the brazen altar is the Old Testament version of what the cross has become in the new covenant in the new covenant that Christ has established, that cross is who is where we are able to come and able to encounter God. And we sang this morning about Him being a holy God and the reason that the blood of Christ is able to be shed and able to transcend uh, time and able to cover the sins of the world is because Jesus was without blemish. He was perfect. He was holy. He is holy. And in that holiness, oh, He is able to bridge that gap between a sinful humanity and a most holy God in heaven. And when we come to God in prayer, we need to make sure that we have not forgotten that, we have not taken it for granted, and that we need to be able to say, God, I want to approach the throne. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12, and look at what it says. It says, in whom, talking about Jesus, in whom we have boldness and access with what? With confidence through faith in Him. And so what we are able to do this morning is to say, I don't have to come wishfully thinking. I don't have to come oh, trying to throw a Hail Mary pass to the end zone. Oh, but God, I can come this morning with confidence. Why? Because my faith and my hope is in Jesus Christ. And in Him alone, I am able to find redemption. In Him alone, I am able to find grace and forgiveness. And in Him, I am able to find an access to a holy place that I am not even worthy of. When we come to God in prayer, this is where we find ourselves. We find ourselves needing to be maybe reminded of what Jesus endured on the cross for you and I. Isaiah chapter 53. Says this about Jesus. That he was wounded. For our transgressions. Transgressions means that something unholy that we have done. We have gone somewhere, done something, said something. Our actions have been full of transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. You see, it's here that we begin to realize 
Oh, that when Jesus was being scourged, when he was being whipped, when he was uh, having a crown of thorns thrust upon his head, when he was having his hands and feet nailed upon the cross, when he was having that spear thrust within his side, that that entire process, those entire moments were all about us being able to come to this place of saying, God, oh, I have fallen short, but you have taken the punishment. You have allowed your blood to be shed. And so that we can come today and we can know what peace is. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. And I'm not just talking about a world peace. I'm talking about a spiritual peace that we can come to before him and say, oh Lord, oh let your peace, the peace that was upon you, let it fill me. Let it be upon me. Let there be healing in my life and not just a physical healing, oh but a spiritual healing. And we need to begin with the acknowledgement and prayer that we have all fallen short of the glory of God and that we get to come to God in prayer and say, oh Lord, I'm focusing on the cross and God I'm sorry for those things that I have done wrong. I'm sorry for those places that I have fallen short. God I am sorry. Will you please forgive me and redeem me by your blood and by your name. You see the second or the, the after we come inside the gates and go back you will just go back to that big picture we get past the brazen altar and there behind it you can see this bowl that is known as the laver. I think we have a, a picture of the laver. The laver was inside this bowl of water and it was used for cleansing. You would wash, but it was interesting because inside that laver it would be lined with this their version of what would be a mirror. It was reflective down in the bottom of that bowl. And so that when you were leaning over to wash in the labor uh, for this cleansing uh, from the sacrifice and from the blood that had just been shed, you would have that moment of where you're looking and you're seeing your own reflection in the labor. This mirrored bowl. And, and what it reminds us here is that we need to be able to come in prayer and offer every part of our life to God. That we need to offer everything about us, offer every part of our life to God. We've got to be able to look to him from, and be able to say, God, I'm giving you from head to toe. God, oh Lord, touch my mind. God, let my mind be within you. Let my mind be uh, protected. Let me that helmet of salvation from, uh, from Ephesians chapter 6. God, oh Lord, I give you my mind and my thoughts. God, I, I give you my, my eyes and those things that I'm seeing. God, I'm giving you my ears and those things that I'm listening to and those conversations that I'm able to listen to and hear. God, I'm giving you my mouth and those things that I say and those things that are coming out and, and those things that get me into trouble. And, and God, I'm giving you everything that I say. Let everything that I think, everything that I see, everything that I hear, everything that I speak, God, let it bring glory to you. God, I'm offering everything about me to you. Cleanse oh, every area of my life from head to toe. God, take my hands and Lord, let them not be idle or let them not be uh, doing things that they shouldn't be doing. But God, touch my feet and lead me and direct me into your past and your past of righteousness. And as you cleanse me, God, I surrender and give you every part of my life. And here we have this yielding, this surrendering everything to God. It's Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 oh, that we are reminded about that God calls us to be able to present our bodies a living sacrifice. 
that is holy, that is acceptable to God. That is what God calls us to do. And part of our prayer, every, when we pray, we need to not only give God thanks, we not only need to focus on the cross and, 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 and repent for those things that we've done wrong, but we need to be able to say, God, oh, I'm surrendering everything within me to you. From here, as of yet, we still have not entered into the presence of God. And so from there, you would go into the, the small tent, and we have a cutaway, or I have a cutaway picture that uh, you probably can't see really well, but uh, inside this, this, this is a picture of both the holy place and the holy of holies. And inside that holy place, there are three pieces of furniture. To the left, there would be the golden or the lampstand, if you would. The golden lampstand was not just a, a candlestick. It was more than just something that sat on the table. It was, it was larger than life. It stood on the floor. And, 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 and everything about the lampstand comes to represent about fire and anointing and power and equipping. And, and so everything that we read, and again, we could go further into this and, and really studying the different pieces of the furniture. But in terms of prayer... I want us to make sure that every time that when we pray, that we are inviting the Holy Spirit to come and to move upon our lives. Because the lampstand in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, that is what the Holy Spirit has come to represent, the anointing and the fire of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Ghost comes and we invite Him to be upon us, we are able to say, Oh Lord... Let your spirit show. Let your spirit reveal. Let your spirit guide me. Let your spirit move and empower me and anoint me to be able to be used by you and to be equipped by the presence and by the power of God. You see, we try to do things so many times in our own power, and our own might, and we try to uh, struggle through things. But uh, the reality is, is that we have been given a helper. We have been given a helper who is the Holy Spirit who desires to move upon our lives and anoint us and equip us and to empower us for the work of service and for the giftings that he has called us to do. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not just about getting goosebumps or chill bumps. It's not just about coming and, and having a shout on a Sunday morning service. Oh, but being able to encounter and invite the Holy Spirit is about us being empowered for being His witness, for being able to be used by Him, and for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation within our lives. And every single time we approach God in prayer, we need to invite and say, God, I've surrendered everything to you, everything about my life I'm giving to you and so God I invite and please pour out your spirit upon me pour out your spirit and stir up the gifts of the spirit within me let me be your witness let me be a bold a witness for you second Timothy chapter 1 verses 6 and 7 says this therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We've been quoting verse 7 quite a bit these last five or six months, haven't we? But understand the connection here. 
Understand the connection here is about God given, you've given us a, not a spirit of fear, but, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. The, this connection here is, is not just about being able to stand up in the face of adversity, but when we back up to verse 6, it's connected to, and the idea of it is uh, that as God stirs up the gifts of God within us, that we can be able to say, God, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid to be your witness. I'm not going to be afraid to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but God, I'm going to allow your power, I'm going to allow your might, I'm going to allow your love to work in me and to work through me, and I'm not going to be afraid. You see, there's times that we need to, that word, that, that phrase there, rather, to stir up the gift of God. There are those times that we need to be able to fan the flame of the Holy Spirit within our life. Why is it so important that we are able to engage in, in not just a community of faith, but in a worship together? whether we're in person or whether we're online. What is so important is that we are able to use these moments and these times to be able to fan the flame of the Holy Spirit within us so that we can be equipped for service in His kingdom and that we can see the world transformed by the power of God as He desires. Yes. See, there it is. There's the desire of our hearts and the desire of prayer. And, and, and if you notice that all throughout this, what has been the focus in this prayer? We've entered his courts with thanksgiving. We've given God thanks. We focused on the cross. We have come and given everything of ourselves to the Lord as we have reflected on who we are and we've given it to him. We've now come and we've invited the Holy Spirit to come and move upon my life or upon our life. When you go across in that side, that the, the holy place on one side is the lampstand, and on the other side, across from it, is the table of showbread. That table of showbread, anybody like good bread? Hot piece of bread, get some good fresh butter on it. Y'all are hungry already, right? But the table of showbread in the holy place is not about the priests or anybody else coming in just to have a snack in the middle of prayer. A physical snack. The table of showbread is representative of God's word. The bread is God's word. And so what we've got to be able to do in, in prayer is that we've got to stand or claim the promises of God's word. There's a great there's several great resources in talking about prayer and uh, one that we've recommended and used, and uh, Beth Moore has written a book called Praying God's Word. When we pray God's Word, it is the promises of God's Word are becoming true, and, and that is why when we are praying, uh, we don't just need to talk to God, but we need to listen to God, and, and that listening to God comes as we meditate on Him and He speaks to us through His Spirit, uh, but we also listen to God through His Word. We listen to him as his word speaks to us. And so we've got to be able to incorporate not just reading and digesting and taking in his word. Oh, but we need to be able to be reminded of his word, to pray his word, to stand on his word, to claim the promises that are in his word. And if we don't uh, allow that to be a priority in our life, then we will find ourselves falling short. You see... Sometimes I think we put this pressure on ourselves that we've got to like read for an hour and write a book report on it 
in one day. No book reports required. I promise. Some days we're able to consume more of God's word. Some days, two, three verses. I'll even say this. One verse is better than no verse. One scripture is better than no scripture. And what is great about today and our technology is that we are able to meditate and to think on God's word. If you have a smartphone, you have God's word at your fingertips. There are devotional tools. There are uh, things that God has allowed mankind to create that help us. Um, if nothing else, the version verse of the day. If nothing else. Make sure that we are standing on the promises of God. And, and, and it's okay to say, God, I just read John chapter 1 and God, I'm confused. God, will you help me to understand what it is that you're trying to say to me through your word? Amen. It's okay to be honest. Uh, this past Wednesday night in our Bible study, uh, I asked Miss Marlene, I said, how many times now have you read through the Bible? And she's read, she's completed it 43 times. This year, she's working on number 44. Is that correct, Miss Marlene? 44 times that she is read, or on the, she's working on her 44th time of reading through the scriptures. And because she and I have talked about it in the past, I know that as she reads it through each and every year, that there are different things that God reveals to her uh, about God and about his word. And so we don't ever reach this place of fully understanding every single scripture. So don't allow uh, certain things to intimidate us just to be able to say, I can't understand God's word so I'm not going to pick it up. We've got to be able to say, God, show me your word. Let your word be a light to my path and a lamp to my feet. God, let your word illuminate my heart and in my life. Life groups will begin in just a few weeks and in beginning of September. And there's going to be a variety of options, both online, in person, and, and, and we'll be sharing more details next Sunday. But life groups become in a very important manner, a very important way for us to be able to learn more and to study God's word. And, and, and if you want to do a, a life group on Sunday mornings, guess what? You will have that opportunity to be able to do a life group Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Just a tidbit throwing out there. So when we think about God's word, we've got to have that table of showbread, the, the God's word. And the, and, and the third piece of furniture in, the, in that holy place, it's up against the veil or in front of the veil, uh, is, is the altar of incense. The coals from the altar that would have been out in those outer courts. Remember? where the sacrifices were being made, the blood was being shed, the coals from that altar are brought in and placed in the altar of incense along with, some, uh, along with the incense and the, and the frankincense and the myrrh, and, and those things would be there. And, and, and so you can imagine that it's going to smell wonderful in there. And one of the things that we understand about the altar of incense is that it's all about worship. And that we as individuals in prayer need to worship his name. 
Now, Pastor, we already talked about giving him thanks. Yes, we did. But thanks and worship are two different things. We worship his name because we want to be able to know and declare that he is worthy of everything. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our adoration. Um, and, and that we've got to be able to say, God, your name is above all other names. And I love what Pastor Zach and Pastor Josh and, and all that has been shared already this morning. When we begin to really think about and, and assess and, and understand that God declares and he wants us to declare that he is worthy. Declare his name. Look at Psalm 95. In Psalm 95, verses 6 and 7, it says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. And today I will hear His voice. You see, when we come and we worship, when we reverence, when we bow down in worship and we come and we declare his name above all other things and we declare his name is great and we declare his name above all other names, it is there that we find breakthrough. And in fact, in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10, it says this, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run to it and they are safe. You see the name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. When you don't know what else to say in prayer, have you ever been in that moment where you don't know what to pray? Just begin to declare the name of Jesus. Just begin to declare his name. Just begin to declare his name. And because the word of God says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. That was Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is that place that we can run to and that we can be able to come and that we can declare that he is worthy and that his name is worthy and that he is sovereign and that we can worship him. And up to this point, oh, we have given God thanks. Uh, we have uh, focused on the cross and we've repented. Uh, we have given him of ourselves as we reflect on who we are. Uh, we have gone and we have asked and invited the Holy Spirit to anoint and to empower and to equip. Uh, we have stood on the promises of his word and now we have worshipped his name. But not yet once have we asked him for anything. And the whole purpose of this journey in the tabernacle is to be able to get to where? To get to the presence of God. To get to the Ark of the Covenant. Because when we go back to that cutaway, uh, on, the, on the back side of that wall, on the, on the far left there, is behind that veil, that is the Ark of the Covenant. That is the Holy of Holies. Now go back and show the Ark of the Covenant. That is where the Ark of the Covenant dwells. And anybody seen the Raiders of the Lost Ark? What happens when the bad guy opens up the Ark of the Covenant? Like he melts. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's kind of gruesome. Let me just encourage you, though. We don't have to have our face melt off when we come and approach God in the Ark and his presence and his glory. That's good. Tina just was reminding us that, but our hearts will melt in his presence. You see, it's in that presence where it's holy. And in that holiness, and in that face-to-face -face encounter with God, that's where we get to come and have that face-to-face. -face. And what was it that the high priest did one day a year on the Day of Atonement 
when he entered into that holy place? Did he just enter in and, and worship? No, he'd already done that. Did he enter in and, and give God thanks? No, he, he'd already done that. Did he, did he say, God, fill my life because here I am, use me? No, he'd already done that. You see what the high priest did when he went into the ark of when he went into the holy the holy of holies where the ark of the covenant was and the glory of God dwelled was that he was able to go in and it was there that he interceded. He went in one day a year to intercede for the nation of Israel, and it is only here at this last place, this innermost place of encountering God in His presence, that all of a sudden do we see us asking. And it's that intercession that we need to be able to take to heart. That we need to be able to say, God, I've pressed in. I'm coming face to face. And, and here I am. And that, God, I want to intercede. And I want to be able to intercede for those that are around me. God, I need to intercede for uh, the people that, uh, God, that are over me. And that, God, that I want to be able to come and to, and to be able to intercede for, uh, for the Lumleys. Brother Lumley, his brother, passed away just this morning. And so we intercede for the Lumleys. And we remember them. But, uh, but we also find encouragement as we know that we interceded for Catherine Powell's cousin, Mike, Mike and, and uh, we interceded for him a while back. Uh, he was sick, he was away from God, and not only is he better now, but he got, gave his heart to the Lord, and he's being baptized this morning. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so we give God thanks because we reflect on where those moments and those places and those times that we have interceded and we've seen God move. And so we stand firm on those promises. In fact, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. As the musicians come this morning, we give thanks. We intercede. We bring our requests. For who? For kings and all who are in authority. Whether we agree with them or not. Whether they are like-minded politically or not. God commands us that we are to give thanks and to pray. For all who are in authority. There was ever a time that the church needs to be on its knees interceding for our leaders and for our nation. It is now. I understand the confessions that you've heard from this platform, not just this morning, but many days, including myself. When we see things, things that anger us, Things that work up anxiety. Things that intimidate us. Things that cause us to worry. Things that confuse us. You see, prayer is where we've got to be able to start. Prayer is where we've got to be able to say, God... Move upon our leaders, move upon me, 
Remember our text this morning. Pray in the spirit in all circumstances. The problem is, though, that because of busyness, because of various distractions in our life, because of the enemy even, prayer ends up becoming the last resort rather than our first response. When the reality is, is that prayer should always be our first response and not just our last resort. If you would stand with me this morning. head bowed and every eye closed, I want us just to surrender ourselves to God and to His Spirit this morning. And then as we begin a, a moment of prayer, have a very real and honest conversation with God right now about where you are in prayer, in your prayer life, where you would like to be where God is calling you to be. And just have a very real conversation with Him, just right there where you are. God, we just come before you humbly, Lord. That God, that we understand that, Lord, that we we need you. And that God, that we need these face-to-face -face conversations with you. Because, God, you are the one that makes the difference. And that, God, as we encounter you, Lord, will you talk with us, meet with us face to face like a friend, like you did Moses, like you did and called Abraham. God, will you just meet with us? God, my prayer for each and every person here this morning, that, God, that... Lord, that you will just meet with them, not just now, but God, even when they return home, even when they're getting up in the morning and getting ready to go to work or to school, that God, that you will just touch them, God, and allow there to be a face-to-face -face encounter with you. And that there'll be a conversation between friends. And that God, that we'll be reminded that God, that, oh Lord, we come and we give you thanks. God, thank you for... Oh, your blessings. Thank you for, oh, a church family. God, thank you for our nation. God, we thank you, Lord, for provision. God, we thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. And that, God, we just, oh, Lord, search our hearts and we repent of those places where there is sin, where there is transgression. Oh, God, forgive us for the evil that sometimes uh, springs up into our heart. God, those evil thoughts, those, uh, those temptations. God, oh, Lord, forgive us as we repent and we look to you on the cross, that you paid the price, that you died for our sins. So, God, we are so sorry for those shortcomings. God, make us holy and righteous. 
And that, God, I pray that, Lord, that as we reflect upon our own heart and life, that, God, that we don't hold anything back. But, God, we give it all to you, God. Search us. Cleanse us. Host, cleanse us from head to toe. And as you cleanse us, God, we offer ourselves a living sacrifice to you. Equip us. So that, God, as we enter into that holy place, that, God, oh, the Lord, the Holy Spirit can anoint us, can empower us, can equip us, God, to be a witness for you. Oh, and that, Lord, we stand firm today on the promises of your word that declare that, God, we can boldly approach the throne, that we can come before you with confidence, that, God, oh, we stand on the promises that, God, your will is that all should be saved and that none should perish. And so, God, we stand firm upon your word this morning. God, we are confident, God, in your word that declares that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loves us. That God, that you have cleansed us from all unrighteousness. That God, we stand confidently this morning that, oh, that Lord, that you have placed purpose and destiny inside of each and every one of us. And that God, as we reflect on that, we just exalt your holy name. We worship you this morning, God. We worship your glorious name. Lord, let your name be that strong tower that we can run into and find shelter and to find strength and to find comfort, God. As we lift up the name of Jesus. Oh, it is through all of this that, Lord, that you have prepared our hearts. God, to enter into that holy of holies. And to be able to have that kind of face-to-face encounter. And God, oh, in your presence, God, we intercede and we stand in the gap, God. Oh, Lord, we stand in the gap for uh, those in our, our nations, uh, nation lead, leadership, God. I pray for President Trump. I pray for Vice President Mike Pence, God. I pray for, oh, uh, the leaders in the House and leaders in Senate, God. I pray, Lord, for, oh, Nancy Pelosi. And, God, I pray, that Lord, that you will touch, oh, Lord, uh, Mitch McConnell, God. I pray, that Lord, that you will touch our nation's leaders, God, right now, Lord. Move upon them. Give them wisdom. Give them direction, God. Oh, your word declares that you direct the paths of the hearts of kings just as you direct the paths of waterways. And so, God, I pray that right now that you will direct their hearts. God, I pray for Governor Kemp this morning. I pray that, God, that you will touch him as he leads our state. I pray that, God, right now we intercede for our state leadership. God, that you will touch, oh, not just those that are in position, but, God, even the elections that are in the process of taking place. That, God, that your man, your woman, God, those people that you have ordained, God, will be able to be in those positions, God. Lord, I pray for, oh, Courtney Umbahan, God, our mayor. God, I pray that you will touch him, touch our city council this morning. God, I pray that, God, that you will give them the wisdom and the direction and the leading, God, for Livonia. God, I pray for our Franklin County Board of Commissioners. That, God, that you will surround them and touch them, God, right now, Lord. God, we pray not just for political leaders, but God, I pray for, we pray for our bosses. God, we pray for those that are in authority over us at work. God, I pray that God, that you will just touch them and move in a mighty way. God, we just intercede this morning, God, knowing, oh, that Lord, we need you. We need your hand. We need your direction, God. And so, Lord, we intercede. 
We intercede for our nation. We intercede for our community, God. We intercede for our family. God, touch our family. God, Lord, we just call out our spouse and our, we call out our children and our grandchildren. God, we call out the, the people that we live life with, God. And we intercede and we stand in the gap for them right now. And so God, move. Those that need to be saved, let them be saved. God, those that oh, need the deliverance, God, let them be delivered. God, those that are in bondage, oh, Lord, break those bondages right now, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We need you. We love you, Lord. We praise you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we exalt you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Will you just... Worship Him, whether that's with your hands lifted, whether that's through a shout, whether that's a clap, whatever it may be. Just worship Him this morning. Exalt you, God. We magnify you, Praise you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Glory to you, God. You are King of all kings. You are Lord of all lords. You have forgiven us. You have wiped away our past and we're able to stand here this morning being made righteous because of the name of Jesus Christ. Because of His blood. Because of His righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to you, God. Hallelujah. Praise you. Hallelujah. Do you love Him this morning? Are you thankful that we get to pray? We get to pray to God of the universe and that we can meet Him face to face and that we can talk to Him as a friend. Aren't you thankful? Hallelujah. Amen. Would you give God a hand clap of praise this morning?